Blood and Butterflies continued. Usually Tim arrived at work promptly at 9 a.m., but today he arrived at 7 a.m., more than wide awake after about four cups of coffee at the restaurant. He went over some reports on his desk and picked up a printout of the activities from the night before. He saw that yesterday afternoon a young woman's body had been discovered in the Malibu Hills. He usually wouldn't have thought about it twice, except that it was in the same general area where the two gang members had been shot in their car. He called the Malibu Sheriff's Department because it was their jurisdiction again, so he wanted to find out if they knew anything. The detective in charge told him that there wasn't any identification on the body and that there had been no missing person report that fit the description of the victim. The woman had apparently been hit over the head with a blunt object. They calculated the time of death as being somewhat, sometime late on Halloween night or following morning. Tim asked them to call him when they were able to get identification. He was told it might be a few days, though, because they would have to rely on dental records if they couldn't match the prints. The coroner was taking the prints now, and they could get back to him later in the day. The body had been wrapped in a blanket so they might get some evidence from that if they were lucky, they told him. After the call, Tim started to think about what had happened yesterday afternoon. He wondered if his wife was going to see the tennis instructor again, and he started to get worried. He decided he needed to find out more about this guy, this tennis instructor. By 10 a.m., the coffee had worn off completely, and the effect of drinking the night before kicked in. Tim felt very tired and lethargic. He made it to lunch, and at noon, he went to his car and took a nap. When he woke up, it was well past 1 p.m., so he hurried back to his desk. He didn't have too much to do, so he started looking for information about the tennis player. Even though he didn't know his last name, he had his methods and called the local recreation club near his home. He was able to get enough information to start his search. He dreaded going home and seeing his wife. He felt like he could never be close to her again. During his drive home from work, Tim kept trying to rehearse what he was going to say to his wife. He wanted to tell her how, how angry he was and how repulsed and how hurt he was. But somehow the guilt he felt from being with Maria made it all seem less severe now that he thought about it. He wanted to tell her that he no longer loved her and that he could never love her again, but he knew, he knew that was just a lie. What he really wanted, he wanted his old Linda back, the woman he had known years ago in college. He knew that was not very realistic, though, because they had both matured and changed. What he realized was that what he really wanted was to feel the romance and passion that he had felt with Maria. He had felt like that with Linda, but that was years ago. And now they had grown apart from each other in so many ways. He knew there was a big part of it that was his fault. Before he knew it, he was pulling into his garage and still mulling over his options. He'd been thinking about this stuff the last few hours at work and all the while that he drived home. Sitting in the car in his garage, he didn't want to get out. He felt the dread of having to face his wife. He really wanted to just go somewhere and start drinking again. But he knew he had to face her.
He walked through the garage door into the kitchen, and his wife was there cooking dinner with his two daughters. Hi, Daddy. How was work? Are you feeling better today? Asked his daughter, April, as she came over and gave him a hug. He saw his wife smile while his daughter hugged him, and he knew there was no way he could ever divorce his wife and break up the family. His daughters thrived on the love and concern they received from both of them. Work was fine, yes, I'm feeling better, Tim announced with one eye on his wife, who refused to meet his glance. Girls, your mother and I need to go out after dinner so we can talk about some things. I trust the two of you can be left alone for a few hours. So you and Mom are having trouble with your relationship? Asked Colleen, the oldest, as she picked up a pot and handed it to her mom. Colleen was at the age where she sort of knew what was going on. Her woman's sixth sense was developing quickly. Colleen, you shouldn't say those kind of things, said Linda, as she put her hands on her hips and stared at her daughter. She is just saying that because she doesn't have a relationship, said April, feeling more than happy to stir things up with her sister. She knew her father would take her side, like he usually did. So what if I don't have a relationship? If I did, it would be none of your business anyway, replied Colleen as she turned toward her sister, put her hands on her hips, and made that little side-to-side head movement that only women can make when they need to emphasize a point. Well, that's because you are a lesbian, April snapped back, knowing she would not get everyone's, now she would get everyone's attention. What did you say? Responded Colleen as she now started towards her sister, ready to slap her as hard as she could. Linda grabbed April by the arm to restrain her from going after her sister. April, don't call your sister a lesbian. That's a mean thing to say, Tim interjected with a raised voice. Tim then sat down at the kitchen table and put his hands over his ears, wishing he were somewhere else. He was tired. His life flashed before him, and the scene in front of him seemed completely unrealistic. He was tired of being a father and a husband at this point. He hated his work, and now and now, and now, his wife had cheated on him. He saw through this so-called, quote, American dream, unquote, and saw the reality of his life. He feared for his future. He didn't know if he could continue to live the life he was living. Colleen pulled her arm away from her mother's grasp and came over and sat on Tim's lap. She whispered, Well, she is a lesbian. I saw her kiss her friend Sarah in her room the other day, said April, still standing by the entry between the kitchen and the den while she was sitting partially on her father's lap. You little witch, you were spying on me, Colleen shouted as she jumped up and tried to to get her get go after her sister. Tim restrained her from going after her sister, though. And then she realized she'd better say something because she was in front of her parents, and they might be wondering what April was talking about. Linda now turned away from the stove and looked at both daughters. Girls, stop it now. Then Linda looked at Colleen, wondering if there was an explanation. Colleen could feel her mother's inquisitive eyes. So, so we kissed. So we kissed. We, you guys know Sarah is from France, and she's very affectionate. We just kissed on the cheeks and once on the lips, but we didn't make out. I, I'm not a lesbian. Colleen emphasized the last sentence. This conversation is over. Are you too sure we can trust you to be alone if your father and I go out to dinner? 
Linda was looking at Tim and could see he was distraught. She was amazed that he actually came home from work and that he was calm enough to ask her to go out and talk with him. You never know, Mom. You might come back and find April missing, said Colleen. Well, most girls that play softball are lesbians, and everyone knows that, replied April, trying to make a statement that would ease her way out of the trouble she was getting herself into. Tim could help it, and he laughed at the comment. His wife smiled, but Colleen just glared at her sister. Tim stood up. April, that is enough. Drop the subject now. Tim knew life with three females was never going to be easy. I'm going upstairs to take a shower before dinner. Tim stared April down, and she knew she had to stop. During dinner, Linda re remained shy and quiet. She only looked up at Tim once and smiled sheepishly when he made some joke with the girls. The tension between the two of them was obvious to the girls, though, but they tried to hide it. Linda excused herself first from the table, saying she was going upstairs to change. Before she left, term, she turned to Tim and asked, where are we going? Should I wear anything fancy? I don't know yet. You don't have to dress up, Tim replied. The girls left the table shortly after, and Tim sat alone trying to decide what to say when he talked with his wife. Twenty minutes later, they entered the car and could both feel the tension between them begin to mount. They didn't look at each other as Tim started the car and began to drive. Neither wanted to start the conversation and both feared where it would lead. Tim pulled out of the driveway and the feeling of driving made him feel a little bit in control. He wanted to control the situation, but his, his emotions were too strong. And so how long have you been banging this guy? He blurted out quickly. Right at that instant, a neighbor's kid darted out on his bike and swerved in front of him. Fortunately, Tim saw him and slammed on the brakes. The kid rode on unharmed, but the moment let the tension hang even more. Tim pulled the car over, parked half a block away from the house, put his head on the steering wheel, and closed his eyes. Linda let out a deep sigh, turned, and placed her hand on Tim's shoulder. It's not what you think, Tim. Tim jerked himself up, pulling away from her comfort. What do you mean by that? I saw what I saw. Answer my question. How long have you been with this man? Tim, really, it was the first time. I don't love him, Linda said. She knew she had to lie to save her marriage. Tim didn't know whether to believe her or not. What he did know was that if he couldn't find the power within him to forgive her, then things would only get worse. Norny had also cheated, made him want to forgive her more, but the reality of what he saw wouldn't let him forgive her. He thought it must have only been an un uncontrollable sexual attraction, maybe, like his affair had been. But, but what if it wasn't, he thought to himself. What, what if his, life was, his wife was really in love with this guy, he thought. Linda continued, Tim, I'm so sorry. I never wanted to hurt you. It is just that things haven't been so good for us lately. You haven't been paying a lot of attention to me for some time now. We never go out anymore. Tim had heard enough. He started the car and headed back down the street. He needed a drink, and he figured he would stop at a bar not too far from his house. He was angry, and he was frustrated. Linda 
what you did was wrong and you know it, even if it was only one time with your tennis instructor. Is, is he really your tennis instructor? Is that how you met him? Now Tim wanted to know the details. At least they were talking and not screaming at each other. He wanted to know as much as possible. They stopped at a hotel bar a few blocks away. They found a corner booth, and when they sat down, Linda tried to give Tim a little smile. Tim remained stoic and ordered some drinks. After the drinks came, Tim once again started with the questions. He wanted to know everything, and he wanted to decide here and now if he should try to stay with his wife. Maria only existed in the far corner of his mind at this time, and he didn't even think of that as actually have been cheating. Linda wanted to just get through the conversation without crying or having Tim make a scene in the bar. After she had her drink in her hand, she decided she had no choice but to answer as many of his questions as possible. She didn't want to break up her marriage, but at the same time, she didn't want to end the relationship with Derek because it had only started and it was getting to be very fun. She looked up from her hands and tried to focus on Tim's face. She wanted to see him like, like she had seen him when, when they were lovers in college, but the vision wouldn't come. She could only see the sadness in his eyes now. Look, Tim, I don't want to end our marriage either. This is just a stupid mistake I made. Yes, Der Derek is a tennis instructor. Of course he is. He came on to me, and it, it just sort of happened that way. He only came over that one time to the house. Linda was lying, and she didn't even care now. It was the second time Derek had been over, and she didn't want to end it. She did love Derek. At least she told herself that because she would never make love with someone that she didn't love. So you enjoyed having sex with him? Tim couldn't get the picture out of his mind, and he was feeling sick and disgusted. Linda, this guy is like half your age. Now the feeling of inadequacy was creeping into Tim's, like a little thick flaw, fog coming in from the ocean. Tim looked at Linda and then at his drink. He watched the ice move around as he stirred his drink, and he tried to remember how he and Linda actually made love two or three times a day back in college. Now it was more like once a week or once every couple of weeks, and he knew it was not because he physically couldn't do it, but because he had lost his passion while his mind strayed back to Maria. He didn't know what to say. And then he just blurted out, So are you still in love with me? He regretted asking it as soon as he did. Tim, of course I'm still in love with you. Linda was sincere. And she started to tear up. She tried to hold back her tears. She knew that she still loved her husband. At that same instant, she drifted to that afternoon and to the passion and the lust in Derek's eyes. She began to cry in earnest for what she had felt years ago with Tim and for what she may never experience again with Derek. Tim tried to comfort her, and at first she accepted his touch from across the table, but then he could feel the distant emotion coming from within his wife. He leaned back in his chair, and she cried for a minute before composing herself. Tim waited until she looked at him again. Honey, I'm sorry, too. I'm sorry I haven't been taking better care of you. Tim said the words softly and with meaning, 
For an instant, just an instant, they both saw the glimmer in each other's eyes that they had once cherished with awe and tenderness. Tim was waiting for his wife to say she was sorry also, but Linda looked down and stared at her drink. So are you in love with this guy? Linda replied quickly because she didn't want to have a major blow up in the bar. No, I'm not in love with him, I'm, but I'm not going to say I'm, I'm sorry either. Tim felt hurt. Here was his wife sitting in front of him and she had been in bed with some tennis instructor and she didn't regret it. So you cheat on me and you're not even sorry about what you have done? He was hoping he would hear her apologize, though he knew he had probably cheated on her for the same reasons. No, I'm not sorry for what happened. I don't want to go there, Tim. It just happened. I think we should be talking about what we can do to save our marriage and not go into what happened. Linda wanted to keep her experience with Derek untainted in her mind. She did love Derek, or at least she felt passion for him, and that wasn't something that would just disappear because she had been caught by her husband. At this, the macho stud detective broke down and tears welled up. He realized the depths of the mess that his marriage was in. He wanted to say something, but he, he couldn't think of words to say. So, so was, he, was he better than me? Tim's feelings of inadequacy deepened. I said, I don't want to go there. The truth is we haven't been passionate and caring like we used to. Lyndon wanted her old Tim back, but really felt the chances of that happening were very remote. Tim was able to stop his tears now and his jealousy reared its ugly head. So, so did you see him today? No, I did not see him today, Tim, and I don't know if I will ever see him again. If I did want to see him, I would, because I am a free person, and I haven't felt that you really love me for some time now. I am here with you in this bar, talking to you, and seeing if you want to save our marriage. Now, you tell me, have you ever been with another woman since we've been married? Linda had turned the tables, and she could see Tim cringe at the mention of him cheating. Tim looked her dead in the eye and knew that she really had no idea. There was no way she could know anything of his life outside of home. He was a detective, not his wife. He also knew that if he wanted to stay with his wife, that he would have to admit to something. Partial truth seemed to be the best option, he told himself. Okay, I, I did cheat. It was over seven years ago at the convention in Dallas. I, I never did that again. Oh, really? Just that one time? Yeah, right. How many conventions have you gone to without me? At least 10. Linda had suspected as much, and now the footing was equal, and for the first time, they shined a brief smile at each other. Well, I don't believe it was only once, but right now, it doesn't matter. Really, Tim, we have drifted apart, and we both know it. Do you want to try and make things work? Do you think we can make the changes we need to make? Tim didn't know what to say. He wanted to forgive her, but the picture in his mind of the two of them in his bed was way too fresh. He really wanted to find this guy and kick him in the teeth. I, I do want to save our marriage, but 
But I, what am I supposed to do? Just forgive you and forget about everything? I mean, you brought this guy into our house and into our bed. Look, Tian, I didn't say you had to forgive me. And I didn't say I wasn't sorry for what happened. I am just not going to say that I am sorry to you. At least not right now. I think we should be here to talk about what it is we can do to make things better between us. Or we need to think about getting separated. Linda was now thinking that there really was not going to be much of a chance that her husband was going to forgive her. Or more importantly, that he would admit that there was anything he needed to change. Tim saw the gravity of the situation and took a second to choose his words. He didn't want to break up his family and he didn't want to separate because he knew that would only be the first step in getting a divorce. Linda, I do love you. I, I have always loved you from the very, very first time we met. I will admit that our marriage has not been so great lately, and I will admit that a lot of that blame is on me. I have not been giving you the attention you deserve. I have not been thinking about the time of us doing things together that much. I, I've become complacent. I'm sorry, and I've taken it for granted that you would, you would just always be there for me. I have been concentrating too much on my work and not enough on you and the girls. I still don't see how that makes it right, though, for you to cheat on me. But I, I think over a period of time, I can, I can get over that. I do want our relationship to improve. And I know a lot of it has to do with me improving the way, the way I treat you. Now Tim was starting to feel impatient. He looked at Linda, who was breathing in deep sighs and was obviously pondering the thought of leaving him and going to the young stud. So what is this guy's name, Tim asked only slightly raising his voice. Linda knew he would calm down, so she purred at him and said softly, You know I love you, honey. Yes, I was caught, but it was just a one-time thing, and I don't want to be with him. She knew her husband was a detective, and he could do anything he wanted to the tennis instructor. They both, both knew they could pull at each other's strings if they wanted to. Tim did calm down. He knew he loved his wife, and even though he had his escapades, he knew he didn't want to be married to anyone else. So they made up in their own ways. One was with the deceit and selfishness, and the other was with an even worse deceit, the deceit of love. That night, their feelings remained edgy and intense. At first, Tim didn't want to touch his wife, but then he did, though, but she didn't want, she didn't want him. Then it almost blew up late, at, late in the night, but because they both knew the best life they could have would be with each other, they stopped and made up. They actually made love with cautious passion, and their sleep was restless and filled with fears that they both had. In the morning, it dawned on Tim that he had promised to call Maria last night, and understandably, he had completely forgotten he sat at his desk and did some paperwork, deciding that he would call her in an hour or so at around 10 a.m. He had a hard time concentrating. He kept thinking about his wife on top of the tennis instructor. He wanted to call his home and check on her, but he knew that would just make him seem paranoid. He wanted to believe his wife, but at the same time, he wanted to make sure this guy never came back. He decided to run a background check on this Derek guy to find out as much as he could about him in case he ever wanted to do anything against him. 
He, it didn't take long, and there wasn't much on the guy. He had a few traffic tickets, and he had only been in L.A. for a little over a year. He was originally from Maryland, and he had played tennis in college. By now, it was almost 10 o'clock, and Tim picked up the phone to call Maria. He knew he had to. Hello, this is Maria speaking. Tim felt a calm come over him as he heard her voice. He smiled and recalled the intimacy they had shared. But now it just seemed like a fading, distant memory. He couldn't feel the passion inside of him after what he had seen at his home with his wife and Derek. Hi, Maria. This is Tim. I'm sorry I didn't call you last night. I was very busy, and I had some unexpected things come up. That's okay, Maria replied. And her, though her heart wasn't in anymore, she had waited for his call last night until after midnight. She'd even thought about calling him. She had wanted to talk and hear his voice. She was going to tell him everything and maybe even see him again. She wanted to be close to someone. She was feeling lonely and wanted someone who would, who would listen to her. She had thought of calling him, but, but she knew that would be crazy because he would be there with his wife and family. As the evening progressed, she told herself to end the affair. She was determined and to forget about him. Her feelings of hatred towards men had been pushed to the past, and she wanted Tim to at least be a friend. She ended up falling asleep with the television on while watching some stupid movie. So how are you doing, Maria? Tim asked with genuine concern. I'm a lot better now. Thanks for asking. Actually, I guess the worst of the shock is over. Maria was now realizing she didn't want to talk with Tim. Not now and maybe not ever again. Yes, he was attractive, but just because they had been intimate didn't mean he was her type. Worse was the feeling that she wanted him to call last night, and he didn't, and that made her angry. She started to drift back to the memory of her dreams and the teeth. When do you think you will be coming back to work? Tim asked. Well, I talked with Mr. McIntosh today and told him I would be coming back on Monday, Maria replied. Well, some people might think that is a little too soon, but I think it's a good idea. Work always has taken my mind off of my problems. Tim didn't know if he had said the right thing, and he was starting to feel very awkward. Maria felt the same way, but she knew she needed to talk to him. Tim, listen, I really think we should get together in person and talk. Tim immediately wondered if it was anything serious or if she just wanted to be with him again. He felt confused, but he knew they needed to see each other soon. I think that would be a good idea, but I, I'm not sure when we can meet. I, I've been really busy at work. Maria didn't want to wait. She had been through way too much in the past few days, and the thought of not clarifying things with Tim right away made her feel very anxious. Tim, I really need to talk to you. Could we meet today at lunch, please? Now Tim was a bit scared because he could hear the urgency in her voice. He hoped it was just that she wanted to call off the affair because that is what he needed to do and, and he wanted to keep his wife. He liked Maria way too much and the fact that they worked together made the risk of his wife finding out way too high. I, I guess that would be fine. Where, where, where do you want to meet? Maria thought quickly because she did not want to meet him somewhere that other people from work might also go. 
Tim, can we meet at the Yogananda Gardens? Do you know where I'm talking about? Uh, yes, I, I was there once years ago. It, it's off Sunset Boulevard, isn't it? Tim was trying to remember how long ago he had been there. Yes, it's just a little off the Pacific Coast Highway on Sunset. I will be there around noon. If you can come and meet me there, we can talk for a while, Maria said. Okay, Maria, I will be there around noon. Tim hung up, not sure exactly what Maria felt she needed to say to him, but he knew he needed to say stuff to her. He wanted her again. He did, he wanted her sexually, but he had to resist that or he could really jeopardize this marriage. He needed to tell Maria that he cared for her, because he did, but, but he couldn't have a relationship with her, and he knew it. Chapter 10. The Yogananda Gardens and Shrine is a 10-acre garden with a small lake in the center. It is just off the coast highway in a small box canyon for the people that could actually find the place. It was a very special place of beauty, well-maintained pathways and gardens surrounded it, and it was open to the public during the day. It was not a place that was in any phone book or tourist brochure, so it was rarely crowded. It was a very peaceful place, and people would go there to meditate, relax, or just to enjoy the beauty. Maria had been through a lot of stress, and she needed to go somewhere and think about her life. She had been planning to go there and spend part of the day by herself anyway, so it made sense to have Tim come meet her there. Last night, as she had been waiting for him to call, she thought about maybe going to a hotel again with him. But since he never called, she changed her mind. She realized she needed to tell Tim that Felix had AIDS and that she didn't want to carry on their romance. She had gone to the doctor yesterday and he had confirmed that she was not infected with the virus, but it was still only right to tell Tim and let him get his own test. Really, the things she had to think about were very depressing and she didn't like feeling depressed. She needed time to think and to plan out her future. Worse was the fact that her sister had gone back home and Maria didn't have anyone to share her thoughts with. There were so many emotions to deal with that she sometimes just wanted to escape, but she knew she couldn't do that because she had the responsibility of taking care of her two sons. Her parents and relatives had been very supportive, but she realized that from now on, she would be alone and she would have to raise her sons by herself. The worst part was trying to hide the anger she felt towards Felix from both her family and his family. Even when Felix's parents had been told the truth, they refused to believe it to an extent and, and looked at Maria like she had somehow been the cause of the problems. Deep down, she realized that Felix's death had made her feel very lost. Yes, she had grown tired of Felix's ego and macho behavior, and she had planned to make changes in her life even before he committed suicide. But she had never expected him to be gay and to commit suicide. The shock of the past few days made Maria wonder about her views on life and on the world around her. She realized she was not a good judge of people's real character, and that made her sad. It was rare that the Santa Ana winds came up in November, but they did. It was more than just warm, it was hot, and the sun was extremely bright. Maria brought a few snacks and a large bottle of water with her. She thought for sure that there would be quite a few people at the gardens, but to her surprise, there were only a handful. 
She wandered to the far part of the lake and found a small concrete bench against a flowery hillside that was partially hidden by the fragrant jasmine bushes from the path below. She sat down on the bench, took a few deep breaths, and tried to fully relax for the first time in a few days. The beauty of the flowers and the shimmering lake in front of her let her escape from the problems for the time being. It was almost 11.30, and she actually hoped Tim wouldn't show up, but she knew he would. It wasn't going to be easy to tell the guy that she had been infatuated with for so long and then finally had sex with that her husband had been infected with AIDS. She wanted to rehearse exactly how she was going to say it, but but thought it'd be better just to let it come out. She She knew from the distance in Tim's voice when she had talked to him that he was planning to end the affair also, and that was fine with her, except that she now was starting to imagine kissing him in this beautiful place. It was such a romantic place, such a beautiful garden. She laughed out loud at her quandary. It felt good to laugh, actually, though, with no one around, but the laugh turned to tears very shortly when she noticed a couple walking in the distance. Her own dream of having a happy family with Felix was gone. And even worse, she now realized that her whole life with him had been a complete facade. Through her tears, she saw Tim at the entrance of the garden. For a second, she felt like hiding as she watched him trying to find her. He was almost a 100 yards away on the other side of the lake, and she knew it would be easy to just sneak off and hide, but she didn't. She stood up and waved to him as... She wiped her tears away with a napkin. Tim noticed her waving and casually sauntered over to where Maria was sitting alone. As he approached, he wanted to smile because physically he remembered the joy of their sexual encounter. The smile faded quickly, though, when he saw her confusion and sadness. She had lost her husband, and he knew he needed to be sympathetic to that. He thought to himself as he greeted her with with a neutral handshake and then a gentle hug, that maybe he shouldn't tell her he couldn't see her anymore. Maybe maybe he shouldn't hurt her feelings if she really liked him. The brief hug excited him, and for a second he noticed he noticed also the beauty around him and realized he saw Maria only as a sexual creature and that his sexual fantasy had actually come true. Maria, I'm so sorry for the loss. Tim said with an even and calm voice. Maria smiled at him. She had a way of always smiling when she needed to. Maria sat down and Tim sat next to her. Tim continued, I am really sorry about what happened to Felix. I'm sure it's a big loss for you. There was a pause and Tim turned to look at Maria and once again tears welled up. But this time they turned to anger as she thought about the situation Felix had caused her to be in now. Then Maria shook her head and let out a long sigh. Look, look, Tim, this life is crazy. I mean, really crazy. I don't know what to say. Everything that's happened has just been crazy. Here I am with someone that I really like, you. Maybe even someone that is my soulmate. I don't know. And you're married. Basically, my life with Felix was a disaster. But you and your wife, you've been together a long time. You are a lovely couple, and I don't want to interfere with your relationship. Maybe I would, wouldn't have been able to say that to you before, 
Felix died, and maybe you feel you want to be with me, or maybe you feel you don't. I don't really know, but the truth is, I know now that I have to stick by the choices that I make, and, and I believe I have to make them quickly. We can be friends, and I will be back at work soon, so we can talk, but we will not be romantic while you are with your wife. Tim nodded slowly as if it was not what he wanted to hear, but he probably really did. He turned and put his arm on Maria's shoulder and said, Okay, friends. It sounded stupid and awkward as soon as he said it. Maria felt awkward with his hand on her shoulder. The tension built quickly and Tim removed his hand from Maria's shoulder. The truth is, Maria, Linda and I have been having our differences. We had a long talk last night and that is why I didn't call. We decided to try harder in our marriage. Hey, I like you a lot, Maria. I am very attracted to you. It, I guess it just wasn't the right time. It is never the right time. Tim, there is something else I have to tell you. And I want to trust that you will keep this completely between us. There was a pause. They looked at each other. And Maria said, Felix had AIDS. I've been tested and I'm negative, Tim. But I think I need to tell you because you are the only man, the only other man I have slept with, Maria said. Tim wasn't sure at first what he'd heard, but then it sunk in. The A-I-D-S, AIDS, highlighted the sentence and suddenly Tim's mind went blank. He didn't know what to say or what to think. Maria looked at him and could see his shock, so she continued and tried to ease his mind. Felix committed suicide because he had AIDS. At this point, Tim didn't want to hear any more. He knew he had used a condom and his chance of being infected if Maria wasn't, wasn't very, very high, but still he was, it was a shock to him. He looked down at his watch out of habit and stood up. Maria, thank, thanks for being honest with me. Like, like you said, like, we can be friends. I, I will get tested, but you know, it, 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 it's unlikely that I have the virus. You don't have to worry. I, I will never tell anyone. Maria stood up and, and they briefly hugged and Tim was, seemed like he was in a, very much in a hurry. The hug was just simple as they both knew they were parting ways. They smiled for a brief second and then, and then they kissed. A sort of semi-romantic kiss. Not even passionate, but it was a kiss. It was almost like their first passionate kiss, but with a forced retreat. They both thought about what could have been, and they both recalled their perfect afternoon in the Malibu Hotel. It flashed in their minds. They stopped their kiss, and Tim began to walk away. He turned to look, and he looked back, but he acted like he needed to hurry by looking at his watch. Maria realized the moment had ended, and that sometimes moments can be more than moments. An affair, a marriage, choices. And suddenly, suddenly two beautiful bluish-purple butterflies flew in front of her, almost like one of those three-dimensional movies. They danced not more than five yards in front of her. The butterflies moved off and played in some pink flowers. They were so free and beautiful, she thought, when... 
When she looked back towards the entrance, Tim was out of sight. She noticed another man walking around the path. He was tall and elegant. He melted into her view just as Tim had melted away. The man was looking around as he approached slowly with his hands, clasped behind his back. When he reached the area where Maria was off to his right above the path, he stopped and paused. Maria saw the butterflies, but then Maria stared at him and wondered if if he would move on or turn and say something to her. Then the man turned and gently smiled at Maria. Maria smiled back. She liked the way he looked. He actually had similar features to Tom Petty from Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. How are you? He asked softly, but with an earnest tone. I'm fine, Maria replied, but she instantly realized she had just said that out of pure habit because she was speaking to a stranger. He looked nice, but she really wanted to be left alone. He smiled at her, and she smiled back. He was ready to move on, but Maria realized that she didn't know if she wanted to be alone. He stood still, and Maria sat back down on the bench. I I saw you from across the lake with your friend. I just wanted to tell you that you are lovely. Maria sighed, took a breath like she wanted to say something, but the man continued speaking. "I I didn't say that because I want to hit on you. Maria smiled again. She liked the sound of his voice. It was mellow and soothing. His eyes were dark blue, bright, and ageless. She was trying to guess his age, but it was was hard. He could be anywhere from 35 to 50. He was tall, lean, and very fit. He had that typical California tan and skin that was clear and smooth. He was dressed in a casual golf shirt and Bermuda shorts. She noticed that the hair on his legs looked like fine threads of gold as they glittered in the sunlight. He continued, the truth is, I, I came here to see if you would like to, to have a conversation for a while. Maria was startled at his words. It was rare, if ever, that someone had asked her to have a conversation. People asked if they could talk, but she had never heard anyone use the phrase, quote, have a conversation. Maria wondered if the man was one of those really crazy, intelligent type people. She thought it might be best just to refuse him and let him go away, but his eyes were so kind and so soft. I I, I might, but I am not in a talkative mood. I think it is best I be alone for a while. Maria looked off to where Tim had walked away into the parking lot, and her mind wandered to her problems. The butterflies had flown away. They disappeared. She looked up, and the soft blue eyes were still looking at her. Well, if you would like to talk after you have been alone a while, I will be sitting over there, the man said as he slowly walked away and pointed to an empty bench about 50 feet down the path. Maria watched him walk away and saw the butterflies hoovering halfway between them. Maria sat alone and tried to force herself to not look over to the bench where the man was sitting. He was sort of like a magnet, though, for her eyes, though, and she had to look. He was reading something and it didn't appear to be looking at her at all. She didn't want to just dwell on her problems, so she stood up and said, Okay, why not? She walked slowly over to where he was sitting, and when she was within a few yards of him, she looked up he looked up from his paperback book and smiled at her. Maria smiled back. 
Well, I guess it wouldn't hurt to have a conversation with you. My name is Maria. She reached out and they shook hands. He then motioned for her to sit down and she sat next to him on the concrete bench. To be continued.